from ABC7, this is Game Time with Coach McVay. The Los Angeles Rams are looking to extend their two-game winning streak to three as they host the Cleveland Browns at SoFi Stadium. Hi everyone, this is Kurt Sandoval with ABC7 Los Angeles. This week on Game Time with Coach McVay, we're talking defense with linebackers coach and pass rush coordinator Chris Shula. You'll also want to check out the video version of my interviews with the Rams coaches Saturday nights at 11.45 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel. Welcome to Game Time with Coach McVay. We are fortunate to have Chris Shula. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fabulous. It's always an easier show after a win. No, no doubt, especially <laughs> after two. Right? <laughs> and looking for three. Hey, uh, Coach McVay is always talking about complimentary football. For you, what was your biggest takeaway of how well you guys played collectively in Arizona? Yeah, we're always talking about that. Last week was kind of the first time we've kind of put 60 minutes together yeah. as kind of a full team, you know. And it was great. I know we, we kind of, as a defense, you know, the first drive didn't go the way we wanted, but the offense had our back and just went down the field. And then from there, we just started and just started feeding off each other's energy. And it was just great to have Kyron back and, you know, rely on the, the success on the offense and everything. So it was good. Chris, ever since I saw Ernest back at training camp, I'm like, man, he's really got big. What does he bring your line? linebacker core he really seems to be the authentic leader of that group yeah he really is it's just a natural like way about him anytime we bring it up as a group he's always the one giving the speech he's kind of like the motivational speaker for us he just wants it so bad uh such a great guy loves his teammates and yeah just like you said uh he did a great job in the offseason getting himself ready to play and uh now that you know he had a couple weeks where you know his knee wasn't quite right, right. and we were just kind of getting him through the week to get him to the game and it was nice. The bye came at a nice time, so he's feeling good and ready to go. Ready to go, and when he's feeling good and ready to go, it just it really affects his attitude, and it's infectious with the whole team. Uh, we were watching him at practice, and we don't see all the practice, but he was practicing his boxing skills against a dummy. Have you have you seen him do that? Can you? Speak? I saw the. I saw. I know we had a video online. I saw him doing it with Cope or something, and. Uh, no, he's just messing around, but yeah, no, I didn't see it out there. Uh, you're you're very animated at practice. Um, you, it, I, I'm just assuming, and I don't want to assume, but that really speaks to your heart and passion for the game still. Yeah, I mean, it's just you just kind of go out there and you just love love what you do, and it's just when you have a passion behind it, and the players know you care about them, and anytime they screw up or they do something well, you know, I think it's a reflection of all of us as a unit mm. and you know as a position group and a defensive unit, so get excited for your position, for other positions. And, you know, that's what we do. It We really enjoy this stuff, and uh, we love what we do. Chris Shula is our guest this week. Byron Young is not a rookie anymore, so he doesn't seem <laughs> like it. Um, and you smile. What do you like about what he, how he's developed and how he's progressed? I, I mean, I can't believe uh, how far he's come, you know, since, since the beginning of OTAs. Joe Nigler, our outside linebackers coach, has done an unbelievable job with him and, uh, and Mike Hoyt and really that whole room. But... But Byron just, you know, he brings that, he has that element of speed and physicality that you just can't coach. And I think you saw it a couple times last week on James Conner in the open field. Sometimes you see him closing on some plays and stuff, and you're just like, wow, what an unbelievable athlete. And, and he's really just grown. He's really become a sound part in the defense and, and understanding the different nuances of when he's rushing, when he's dropping and stuff like that. Well, speaking of Michael Hoyt, um, to me, as a journalist, he's one of my favorite stories, not just because he's a terrific dude. Mm -hmm. He's brown educated and really to make a team and to 
transition from defensive line to linebacker. Can you speak to his development the past couple of years? Yeah, it's been it's been really fun to really fun to see. Just like you said, uh, you know, he started out playing just D line and uh, and all that, and then next thing you know, he's a D lineman, but he's running down on kickoff and stuff. So yeah, we knew we could play in space and stuff. So middle of the season, I think it was around this time last year, we had some injuries, some stuff going on, and just decided to try him out. And it was really a natural fit. He he did a lot of stuff. Just you know, even going back in the off season. When you watch the stuff, just did a lot of stuff naturally, feeling the ball, addressing mm. the ball over the blocker, stuff like that. And now, and that was before really practicing it. He was really just doing it in games and just kind of just had a real feel for it. So having the off season, having the training camp, getting his body in shape, and he's really got a good feel in all phases. Can you go a, a little deeper on that? Because with your history of football and growing up in a football family, when you say a guy just naturally does something, mm-hmm. and I again, I'm going back, he went to Brown, and, and it's known for its academic standards, right? Yeah. But still a, a great football player. Yeah. Where do you think that come from? How does that develop? Yeah, it's, you know, I think some players just have, it's called, that's what we say when players have good instincts, you know? Mm. I always thought about, like, when I was coaching Leonard Floyd, he always made the right decisions out on the field. He might not have been the smartest guy in the meeting room or anything like that, but he always just kind of knew what was coming and could anticipate. And And Mike has that. He just has that natural ability. And some players have it, some players don't. Just because you went to Brown doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be smart, smart on, on the, the football, football field. field. So yeah. I think we all kind of see that. And, and thankfully, uh, Mike has both. That's awesome. we got a play from Kobe Turner, your pass rush coordinator. You're also coaching the linebackers. What do you like here? Yeah, this is just, we, so we got a little three-man stun on right here, and Kobe's actually penetrating the A-gap. He just feels this right side A-gap. He feels the center kind of overset him, and they give him the option to kind of play off him. We call this the hump move, where he uses that left arm and kind of clubs mm. the center by, and uh, you know, you've seen a lot of guys, Reggie White back in the day, yeah. do it, but you see Byron kind of going to loop around Kobe, and then the, we just give those guys the option to play, like if he's going to overset you play fast and then Byron can make you right so that's just a great example of him doing that and guys just executing the plan everyone on the entire defense some seems to love this guy yeah. not just because of the conductor and uh I think Raheem Morse told us yesterday that if there were more Kobe Turners in the world the world would be a better place there's no doubt about it just the way he goes about his day the way he just he's just so his authentic self and, and you know you just you can't help but root for and love a guy like that and he's just fun to watch play watching his college film they put it up for all the coaches to watch just how hard he played and it's exactly what you see on tape now that's one of the great things for me about this industry of talking to coaches and you talking to players and getting to know him and so many coaches both Sean and Raheem said he is the most comfortable guy yeah. in his own skin what when you hear that what does that define that what does that mean yeah he just kind of I mean he he just kind of beats to his own drum a little bit I mean he's out there you know I see him out there pregame you know wearing headphones and he's playing the air guitar and he's just kind of <laughs> doing stuff you see the celebrations after the yeah. sack he's real in touch with his emotions and he and he's not afraid to admit it and that's what's fun about being a part of such a big team you know in football where you have yeah. 60 70 guys you know including practice squad on the roster where you get a lot of different personalities and stuff, and it's real fun to see all those guys evolve and grow up. That's awesome. Well, certainly, kind of, if you would, explain when he benefits, how much of that is because an Aaron Donald 
is Aaron Donald and getting mm-hmm. doubled and triple teamed and, and how that works in a week for you uh, as the pass rush coordinator. Yeah, and you know, just on that clip right there, we saw it where the backside guard was going to help on, on Aaron Donald where that's why Kobe got the one-on-one there. So it's just a good example of, we know Aaron Donald, um, that's what the teams give the most attention to. So that's what we're always gonna look at He's always going to be the focal point over of our rush plan and see what how teams are going to protect against him. And then if they do, we'll try to we'll try to find ways to get Aaron Donald one on one. But then we also know, hey, in certain these certain instances, we know the protection is going to go to Aaron Donald. So now you guys are going to be one on one, one on one, two on two, three on three, just as they were in that. And they have to know how to execute and how to win those types when they get those matchups. Chris Shula is our guest this week. Also, you spoke right off the top about getting Kyron Williams back. We've got that 56-yard run. When you're on the defensive side, what what does that do for your defense? It, it's so fun to watch. And you just see us. I think I was sitting on the bench coaching up Ernest on the iPad, and I think we all jumped up and you know kind of ran to the <laughs> sideline as soon as you see it going on the, on the Jumbotron. So he just brings such a great energy for us. And you see this is such a great run where – where you can see just the cut, the footwork, yeah. you know, the cutback, and then just getting out in the open field and getting to the clean grass. So you just bring such a great energy to the team. You really felt it right away from the first drive of the offense, and and it's exactly what you said, what we talked about earlier. We're just trying to play complementary football. And he had told us afterwards, he said, you know, I really feel like the turf is where he can be a Picasso, where he kind of does his thing. That cutback, I mean, yeah. that's – it, that seems pretty darn rare to see something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty uh, That's pretty tough to defend. As you see this linebacker right there coaching the guy, number 10, coaching guys off the ball, we try. We think of linebackers as backs without the ball. So mm. we're trying to mirror and, and anticipate the cut that they're going to make before they make it. And you can see it looks like Kyron's cutting all the way back. And so we're trying to mirror that. And then he kind of stays front side right there and then kind of breaks through. So you see, it's just a great run. And you really saw him do it at Notre Dame. And uh, yeah. as Raheem always says, best defense is a good offense because we're just sitting on the, we're not going <laughs> to give up any points if we're sitting on the bench. So we love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'll be right back. Now, more of game time with Coach McVay. Well, it's the Browns week this week, and they've been practicing. They went from a, a tough loss in Denver. Now they're practicing out at UCLA, so mm-hmm. they're staying West Coast. Um, I want to ask you, they, you could see DTR, former Bruin, mm-hmm. at quarterback, very athletic quarterback. Sure. You could see Joe Flacco. When you're game planning, how tough is that? Because the, the, those two styles seem yeah. pretty pretty different. They're very different, yeah, and, and, it, is, and it is tough. Um, fortunately for us, we've seen a lot of athletic QBs this year, obviously yeah. with Kyler last week. Um, you know, Geno Smith can move around and, and a lot of the guys we'd seen up, you know, before the bye are pretty athletic. So we have a lot of good, we feel like we have a lot of good reps at, you know, how to rush these athletic quarterbacks. Cause it's really two, twofold, right? How do they use those guys in the run game? Are they using them on quarterback design runs, certain things like that, where probably not going to get, so, you know, some of that stuff with Flacco. Right. And then in the past game, you're matching your rush plan to some of those athletic QBs. So that's what's got to really adjust in the pass rush stuff where, you know, knowing that Flacco, he's most likely going to stay in the pocket and Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. And we know that DTR, exactly what his strengths are. So, yeah, it's just it is tough because you got two guys that are so completely different. Do you literally plan like we're going to see both? Yeah, well, 
you know, we'd, uh, we, yes, we do have a plan that we could see both. Yeah, you're exactly right. Cause we don't know exactly what right. we're going to see. So we talk about, Hey, if he's DTR is a quarterback, we're going to execute this plan. And if Flacco's a quarterback, we're going to execute this plan. So yeah, you have to have two different plans. Now, is there some carryover? Of course. So it's not like the whole right. game plan completely changes. So Chris, what happens? Because the NFL rule is you have to say who's inactive 90 minutes before. Mm-hmm. So if they were to say, just for the sake of discussion, DTR is still in concussion protocol. What, what, does it change in those 90 minutes of you inside the locker room? Well, that wouldn't be, you know, we're kind of anticipating that that could be a possibility. So yep. we would already kind of be ready and okay. be like, all right, Flacco's the guy, and we kind of know yep. exactly where we're going with. So it's kind of one of those things where we should know beforehand, we expect to know beforehand. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, we do have a plan for both. Well, your thoughts on Miles Garrett? He's already got 13 sacks. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of the top, maybe the top or top three, top five, whatever it is. He's one of the best edge rushers in this league and has been for years. I remember looking at him when he came out of Texas A&M and, and wow, he just jumped off the tape. And he just does stuff that other guys in the league, when you're when you're a freak among freaks, you know, in the <laughs> NFL, um, you're that good. And we obviously were, we're, you know, thankfully we have one on our team in Aaron yeah. Donald and uh you know, they got one. You can't replicate his explosiveness and, and some of the stuff he does around the edge. Hopefully we can control him, but he's definitely fun to watch on tape. I know uh, last season in the preseason, I talked to you about when you were at Miami of Ohio and uh, our crew went up there and talked to some of the people there, and that's where you met Sean. Give me something I don't know about your collegiate days with Sean McVay and how you first met and and that you can say on TV yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> about uh, y- your young relationship then. Yeah, we met, uh, trying to think, we met. I just remember meeting him. It was the first day we were moving into the dorms for two days. He was actually roommates with Joe Coniglia, our outside yeah. backers coach. And I always, I actually lived with another guy down the hall. And, and we always lived in either the same, you know, the same dorm, the same apartment, or I was right next door to him in a house. So, it, you know, those were good times. But, uh, Good times. He's really he's pretty similar to you know how he is now. He was pretty similar then. He was always a morning guy. You know, he was always the same type of energy. Always a people person. You know, and just you just see it. He's just kind of evolved into the coach he is today. So, how cerebral was he then? Like, did it jump off? Because that's a very cerebral school. Mm-hmm. You know, um, did you notice that early on? Um, I mean. He was a nor, you know, we, he enjoyed the college life and, and all that type of stuff. And, and I don't think we like, I think we knew we were probably eventually going to get into coaching, but we were so wrapped up in playing and being yeah. good players. And when he was always a really good, uh, obviously a really good player and, and knew the game really well and all, and all that stuff. So it's not a shock to see the success he's had. So what's it like now for you two? I mean, he's a dad now. He just had yeah. his first kid. What's How would you describe the relationship now? Yeah, it's changed. I went over there in the bay. I have a three-month-old little boy. Well, two kids, but uh, yeah. we have a three-month-old little boy, Bryce. So we kind of brought him over to meet uh, his uh. kid, took a picture together just to kind of see. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of the conversations are a little different now. You know, I went in there, um, his office this morning as he's, you know, before he's getting ready for the team meeting and everything. And we're talking about how we were watching the Seahawks Cowboys game last night, holding our kids on our lap and stuff like that. So it's definitely changed and evolves just like any relationships do over time. That's awesome. Um, a year ago at this time, you guys had already lost Stafford. You'd already lost Cooper Cup. I mean, Aaron Donald was out mm-hmm. and it was really a struggle. And Sean really has talked about kind of the microcosm of life that we grow 
through adversity. Sure. How have you seen him grow, and how would you describe the difference a year later? Yeah, it's uh, last year was really hard on him, and I think he'd be the first to first yeah. to admit it. And you know, dealing with the injuries and dealing with the first time really not being as competitive as a team as we want to be. And I think he's kind of just taking the approach of just taking it day by day, being the best coach, the best person, the best you know family man, everything day by day and just stacking days together and uh, that's the approach he's done this season and really since the offseason started it's just been a awesome time having some of these new coaches in here and, and really supporting these players and trying to get the best out of each each other each and every day all right so I'm gonna uh, throw myself under the bus a little bit here I'm 59 years old <laughs> and I fell in f- love with football in 1972 because this Dolphins team coached by your grandpa was undefeated go. I was Larry Zonka my brother was was not Brian Greasy, Bob Greasy. So that being said, when your last name is Shula, there's a legacy there. Mm-hmm. Is there pressure with that legacy? Is there, your dad coached in Cincinnati. What's it like being part of one of the greatest names in, in football? You know, now it, at this point in my career, I, you know, it's really an honor. You know, yeah. you just, you just, you go, you travel to different teams, play different teams, or coach, you know, with some of these guys that have, coach in the league forever and ever and tell stories about how they coach with your dad or coach with their grandpa or even my uncles with yeah. the Buffalo Bills yeah. now and has been around the league for a long time and uh, you just don't hear a bad word about them and how great a people they were and how great a men they were and and former players there's a coach for the Seahawks and he played for my dad you know and, wow. and with the Bengals and he came up to me pre-game and wanted my dad's number and everything uh. just to keep in touch so you just it's just really an honor I think it was a little more pressure when I was younger maybe playing in high school oh he's just starting because his last name Schuler or college some sure. stuff like that or even when you're first coming up and jobs are coming available and the coaching and you just want to make sure that you're not getting anything given to you because of your last name and that's always something that I've been pretty self-conscious of. And yeah. uh, and I think now that I'm a little more established in my career and have a lot of relationships in the NFL, uh, I'm a little more comfortable to talk about it openly, just about yeah. you know the history and, and, and a little more proud of it, um, of the people and the coaches that they are. Well, and rightly so, uh, not just because you're a Shula, but because of the success you've had here. You've helped them win a Super Bowl, and, and the defense is one of the shining stars uh, this year on a, on a surprise year. So... Continued success, Chris. Go get that third consecutive. Thanks a lot, Kurt. Appreciate talking to you. You'll want to check out the video version of these interviews. Watch Game Time with Coach McVay Saturday nights at 1145 Pacific on ABC7 Los Angeles and on our streaming channel.